0: Hey, good morning all. Welcome to the Common Good Podcast. It's uh, Tuesday, and that means we get to talk about politics today. And if you're wondering uh, what you were going to do on Tuesday, the 27th of June, and you're watching this live, well, now you know. You were going to start out at least by watching the Common Good Podcast. And we're so glad to have you. This is Doug Padgett. I am in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Rob Ryercy is here. Uh, Squirrel the way somewhere outside of Fayetteville. And uh, and we're joined by a guest from Nashville. Tennessee so you're gonna to get to hear from uh, someone who wants to be the next mayor of Nashville uh, that's Heidi Campbell so we're gonna chat with her in a minute but good morning Rob nice to see you good morning Doug Doug if you see, I see Jim in the chat too good yep. morning Jim and thank good you for morning, your promptness Jim. promptness on uh, on your your good mornings and just, he's uh, got yeah, his notifications turned on yeah, and everything you got you the little, yeah. yeah got, got thanks,
1: the little y'all. bell and he's ready to go it Doug
0: are, how are you feeling about RFK Jr.? <laughs> you know, my just, my my neighbor who really wants to vote for a Republican again just asked me that the other day. He's yeah noodling me on. You know, I I I just have no opinion about uh, uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. I, I, other than I don't think he should be president, but I don't think the last <laughs> guy should be. I don't think the last guy should have been president either. So what do I get to say about that? Why yeah. do you Why do you suggest?
1: I, I, I'm just it, it, there's. Uh... I, I don't want him to be president either. I don't think mm-hmm. he is is qualified or, or competent uh, to be president. But um, I don't know. He, there seems to be something beginning to take off in the zeitgeist with with sure. him. I uh, there's uh, there, there's something there. Yeah, and the, I mean it's not, not good, but there's something there.
0: Yabbitz yeah, yeah, tries to make the suggestion that he's the uh, MAGA Democrat. I would say he's the MAGA crat we could come up with that word that there'd oh, be somebody oh. megacrat. Um yeah, and you know he's an anti he's an anti-vaxer, so that's his oh, that's his life. Yes. Um Now his you know, and the, the the bullies over there that run Twitter and the bully that runs Spotify, they they like pushing his stuff because he's an anti-vaxer guy. And so yeah. there's enough people that were bothered by all that that I don't know, he's probably yeah. got a little probably got a little following.
1: Yeah.
0: I should we, not should excited we invite about him to it. come on apparently he'll come on to anybody's podcast. He was on that Joe Rogan thing, so it, Probably come on here. Oh yeah, I,
1: I'll 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 get an email off to his people today. Yeah. Uh, not excited about him. Uh, am okay. excited about Heidi Campbell, who's running for uh, for yeah, mayor of of Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> Good morning. Hey Heidi, Heidi.
0: How are you?
2: Hey, hi there. Uh,
0: Heidi, oh. thanks for being with us today. And uh, and uh, if anyone ever accused you of being a megacrat crat, I hope you can say <laughs> absolutely not. I've never even heard never even heard that phrase. that would be
2: extreme disinformation to the to the um, degree
0: well so maggie or heidi talk about the maggie not see now i've (laughs) maggot you now i've put Maggie in my head uh (laughs) heidi uh tell us how uh how do you think about yourself politically i mean of course we're having a little bit of fun with this you know made up little title but um how how do you describe yourself when you're thinking of describing your own political uh, ways of the world
2: You know, the illusion of politics is just so with the disinformation and how siloed we are right now, it's um, these labels are um, problematic. One of my favorite things I ran for Congress last um, fall against a guy named Andy Ogles, who is kind of our Tennessee version of Santos. Um, And um, and we ran a great race. I'm really, really proud of it. Um, the increase in my name ID has really enabled me to run a strong race for mayor where I'm leading right now. Um, and for me, this mayoral race is kind of an extension of that. So to answer your question, I really liked it when I was running that race, when people would call me and ask me if I was a Democrat or a Republican. And the reason is because those labels have just become so, um, so divisive. And, mm-hmm. and I really think people are tired of fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, So, I mean, if you ask where I am politically, you'll find that I'm probably just about as progressive as it gets, with the exception that fiscal responsibility is um, paramount to me. It's what every single person, when you ask them what their political bent is, right? They say, I'm fiscally conservative, but socially liberal. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I believe in civility, hard work, fiscal responsibility, and stay the hell out of my bedroom.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well said, well said. So Heidi, you're running for, for mayor of Nashville. Um, You know, Nashville's one of those, you know, great American cities that, you know, so many people have visited, have, you know, my sister-in-law lives there, you know, it feels like everybody's got a a connection to Nashville. Tell us about, tell us about the city and and what's going on and, and what prompted you to, to wanna lead the the city of Nashville?
2: Yeah, I grew up in this city and it's changed a lot. I mean, it's been a very high growth city and and intermittently over the past decade or so, the highest growth city in the country. And so, um, you know, that has great benefits, but it also comes with great problems. And one of the biggest problems we're dealing with is not dissimilar from what all the other large cities are dealing with, which is affordability. And we have a lot of people who feel priced out of Nashville. And I used to be in the music business. I had a band. So cliche, right? I grew up in Nashville and had a band. Um, It's not cliche. um,
0: It's awesome. It's uh, congratulations and may you return to a stage someday.
2: um, Yeah. yeah. And um, so a lot of my buddies who are songwriters and musicians are getting priced out of Nashville. Mm -hmm. And that my tagline for my campaign is, are we building a place to visit or a place to live? Mm -hmm. Um, and i think that really resonates with people um we have a lot of people in this race 12 to be exact 12 people um five five really strong viable candidates and i um i think we'd all agree that that's the issue the difference why me is um you know i'm a state senator and um the state is actually actively involved in trying to take over our city right now i would call it an attempted hostile takeover and Mm -hmm. um and we are the tip of the spear when it comes for the comes to the council for national policies war on democracy in general this is where it's happening i am one of six democratic senators in a body of 33 and um, we saw with the Tennessee Three for most of, I, I'm sure most of your listeners probably caught some of that um, with the um, legislators that we had expelled um, this past uh, spring. We saw that uh, you know playing out in, in the national spotlight. But let me just tell you, that's been going on here for a long time. I mean, we're living in a, a totalitarian state. So why mm. me? Because I have, Really good relationships with my legislators across the aisle, and yes, I think they're really crazy on certain issues. But when it comes to the kitchen table issues, um, there are things we can get done, and I think we need somebody who can calm down that conversation.
0: Yeah, Eddie, one, one of the things I know that you're aware of from all the work that you currently do and running for mayor is that there's there's limits to what a government can do to impact society and culture and. And it's good to make uh, hearty promises, but it's also good to be honest with people about what fits in what part of our society and and has impact. Can we talk a little bit about this affordability? Because it is a big deal. A lot of people think about it. What can a mayor or what can a state senator or a state governor do about that? Like, because normally it has to do with housing costs, right? I mean, affordability is usually how much housing is available and what the cost of it is for the most part. What, you know, what can be done?
2: Yeah. And it's such a great point to make that, um, you know, campaign promises have very little to do with the actual job. Um, and I agree with you completely on that. Um, that having been said, you know, it's a value system issue. We've had, over the past um, two decades, people who've been focused more on growth and less on the people who live here. And so what can be done um, is for one thing, our permitting process in our city mm-hmm. is just absolutely a wreck. It's onerous. People have to wait two years because we've got very specific bottlenecks, like you know, n- built not enough building inspectors or you know, things like that that we have to work out. And because of that, People who want to build affordable housing um, are turned off. They're not interested in going through that. So um, that's one thing, streamlining our process. Another thing is we have a lot of public land in the city that we could actually identify as for public-private partnerships for affordable housing. I mean, a whole lot. Public land. So, one thing I want to do as soon as I take office is survey that land and um, look for opportunities to build public housing. Um, it's gotten to a tipping point where it's not going to be good for anybody. And as soon as business starts having trouble with it, then we're going to see more motivation to do something about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, by that, I mean, like I was talking to a hotel owner the other day who was saying, Hey, man, business is great, but I can't afford to keep the rooms clean because we can't. Mm-hmm. You know, people can't live here who would clean them. So um, so we're at that point where we either do something about it or it's going to start to impact our growth.
1: Yeah. Wow. That m- makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I, I'm interested, you, you currently serve as a state senator, which is a, uh, you know, a, a legislative position running for mayor, which is an executive position. Uh, you know, there's there's some people that are, you know, they are, they're, they're, they're well fitted to, you know, be a part of a legislative team and, uh, in, into you know, create laws and, 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 and then there's some people that are well suited to lead in an organization like a, like a city or a state or a country. And, oh. uh, as Doug likes to say, be the executive of the executive branch, completely different skill sets. Um, how like how do you how are you thinking about navigating that and maybe what has what have you learned from being a state senator that that could help you um in a uh um, in a in an executive position
2: well before i was a state senator i was a mayor and i'm the only person in this race i'm the only person in this race who's been a Ah. mayor um
0: Uh, and so oak Oak park okay Okay, okay. Yeah. Wow. I feel like we should have introduced you as as the mayor as as, as Mayor <laughs> Heidi Campbell then, and soon to be the Nashville mayor. I pardon us for not knowing <laughs> such things. Bring no
2: worries, no worries at all. So um so that I love the question because I like I said, I'm the only one in the race who's actually been a mayor. I served on the greater Nashville Regional Councils Council's hmm. mayor's caucus and that's a really important um, body regionally for us because we are really more of a regional city at this point, especially when you look at issues like transit and trash mm-hmm. and things like yeah. that. So, um, so my relationships, everything's about relationships, right? And uh, my relationships on the regional mayor's caucus, I think, are very useful when it comes to dealing with the overreach of the state, because most of those rural mayors are Republican and they don't give a crap about the yeah. five mm-hmm. issues we fight about in the legislature. They just want to solve problems because their constituents get mad if they don't. And so um, that's a great place to, to um, put leverage on legislators to do the right thing. And um, you know it is a very different skill set. You're right. So I'm a Vanderbilt MBA, and um, I, I a business owner, and I used to be in the music business. And um, so, um, so my skill set really is more attuned towards um, towards that kind of leadership than than the, the long plotting dredge
1: <laughs>
2: of, of being in your head into committee the
1: meetings. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Not that that that's not important, it is, but um, yeah, yeah, so I I think it, and quite frankly, and this is part of my campaign pitch, I feel like Nashville needs a mom right now. Mm.
1: Um, Ooh, say more about that.
2: Well, we, ha- we have a lot of men who are um, running to be the CEO of Nashville. I do not think that um, we need a CEO, who, CEO type who's interested in increasing shareholder value on the backs of Nashvillians. I think we need somebody who's focused on making the world a better place. And mm. when my kids are sick, I will do anything I can to get them better. When my city is struggling, I will do anything I can to fix it. We need somebody who's passionate, who's got a heart, and who actually is absolutely adamant and determined to solve the problems that we have.
0: Yeah. Hey Heidi, is that a is that a line that you've curated up? You don't need somebody to be a CEO trying to share, trying to increase share uh, value for. Uh, that, that's a great line. I'm just saying, oh, yes. I don't know if that's if that's something yeah. that you're, you're working already um can you just talk ab- about that phrase and what you're getting at uh, some people don't really know uh what the pressures are on a ceo and sometimes people think that the skill set as rob was saying of a ceo is the right one to lead a city but there's a lot of different kinds of executive leadership and that 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 critique that you're raising there i think is a really helpful one of uh, just for yeah. people to understand C- can you say more about that or you know, sure. to even even repeat that phrase and, and tell us where, what you're what you're getting at and and why you think that matters for the role that yeah, you're about serving.
2: It, it speaks to my philosophy, my general disposition towards the problems with our country um, right now overall, which is, you know, we have been focused on greed, um, motivated share profit, motivated um values for a long time in this country. And we see that in our corporatocracy and Nashville has certainly been focused on tourism and growing, um, to the, um, to the detriment of the people who live here. And everyone would agree with that. And so, um, when I say that, you know, we don't need somebody who wants to create increased shareholder value on the backs of Nashvillians. Um, what I mean is that, you know, um, having, um, you know, deals that that are good for your career as a politician um, should not um, should not be a motivation for um, for making decisions. Um, And this is, you know, may sound like a bunch of political BS, but it really is where Mm -hmm. I come from that you should be doing this because you really want to make the world a better place for the people you Mm -hmm. serve. And um, and so when I took office as mayor of Oak Hill, we were we had diminished our reserves by half, and I came in and eliminated my own salary and um, cut price cut costs um, significantly so that we could actually add back. Our reserves and then some at a time when our greatest source of revenue was being phased out um those are the kinds of values we need right now mm. because we're in big trouble we have twenty thousand unhoused people in mm. our city mm. and we're a very red city you know some areas are much better than others and um and so until we triage the inequity in our city we're, we're all gonna feel it and so um you know i'm i'm a very maslavian kind of um um, politician I guess. <laughs>
0: so. uh, thanks for that. Um, let's talk a little bit about the relationship of a city like Nashville to the state. You had already said that there's this move for the state legislature to want to come in and give more take over more control. Th- there's also this battle that happens in cities like Nashville and this is true in lots of states where more money is being pushed out of the city f- to the state and it becomes expensive for a city to have to live inside of a state when it's the, when it has an, eco, one of the major economic engines and there becomes a, a push pull of that. Um, you are a mayor of a city that sounds like it, it wasn't a prime economic driver. So it was, you know, for, for the state, and the state wasn't right. looking to, yeah. Right. Where the state, you know, looks to Nashville and Memphis and maybe Knoxville and some other places, but looks to those cities for its, its revenue. Because states and cities, unlike the federal government, only can deal with the money that already exists. They don't get to make money like the federal government does, right? So yeah, so can, can right. you talk a bit about all that?
2: Yeah, so Nashville is the um, um, is the largest economic driver in the state of Tennessee. We we bring in over half the state's revenue, and um, now nah, and Tennessee is is really arguably the most regressive state in the country, hmm. and by that i mean that you know our state government takes our tax dollars our federal and our and our state tax dollars and shoves it into mattresses we have we have the highest bond rating and and the highest fiscal stability of any state in the country and i always say to my legislative colleagues guys let's not conflate fiscal stability with fiscal responsibility And this goes back to what we were talking about earlier. They see that as, you know, um, as fiscally responsible and um, very much in in line with, you know, making sure that our shareholders are, are, you know, have reserves. And that's not what government's about. We, have to really rethink obama had this great series on uh, it's called the g word on netflix and he was just talking mm-hmm. about hey let's try and remember what you, what our government is supposed to be about and it's really good sometimes to just get back to the basics we we give our tax dollars um to the to the government because we expect services to be provided for us that's the bottom line and so when our state takes those tax dollars and shoves it into you know reserve funds that means that we are not providing those services and it's a great um incentive to bring companies here where we don't have you know we're right to work state labor is very cheap but you know it's a horrible place for um quality of life and gets increasingly so when you actually fuel that dynamic and um, and that continued focus on growth and greed above quality of life for the people who live here is really the battle that we're dealing with. And the state is um, is powerful. And we have found with the war between Nashville and the state over this past session that you know their theirs is bigger than ours. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know we have to we have to we have to be able to work with them. And so one of my arguments for why me is you know I think my relationship with my colleagues is is important because um, yeah it comes down to whether or not you can talk to them.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was in Nashville a couple of years ago where I was speaking to somebody who lived there, and he was a conservative Christian person. And our work is often to help voters who want to detach their religious identity. Became embroiled with a Republican identity to help people separate those. And yeah. he was someone who said to me, uh, this this was before the 2016 election, because he said, um, I have never met a Christian person who votes for Democrats. And he was as honest and serious mm-hmm. as he could be. And, and I said to him, you know, like for sure, you have met. <laughs> you may not have known it. You may Talking have known it. with one right now. But of course, you have, right? Yeah. Um, but that, it was it was a real wake up call to me that in his mind, in his world, the world he paid attention to, there were just real clear lines of which side you were on and those side And Nashville and Tennessee as a whole feels like a place where those lines are pretty, pretty clear. And Nashville also seems to me to be a place where a lot of people want to sit out politics. They're never interested or become uninterested, and they're sitting it out. And those two features of just politics in America, people sitting it out and people being like, I have no idea who people on the other side of the political spectrum are from, from me, seem to really be at play there. Do, do you sense that? And what, how, how do you respond to those kinds of people when you, when you meet them?
2: I don't just sense that. I mean it's it's a fact because we went from forty seventh to fiftieth for voter turnout. So we were dead last for voter turnout and wow. It You know, we make it hard to vote, yes, but uh, people are apathetic here. People are exhausted. People feel like, what's the point? Why bother? Um, And, you know, that's why we're in a situation where we have legislative representation that does not in any way, shape, or form represent the views of our constituency, because when we poll things, we know that people want common-sense gun reform. We know they want uh, cannabis legalization, all kinds of things that are not Accurately represented in the votes that we see in the legislature. And, you know, I, I think that um, I was talking to this woman um, who's a parent of um, one of my kids' friends. Um, and she was telling me, you know, that she had, when she was a little girl, she grew up in Iran, and she had left Iran at the age of eight with a teddy bear and her and her mom and nothing else. And because they had to leave because you know the religious um, right was taking over. And they knew mm. that it was going to be unlivable for women. And um, and she has grown up in the United States. And um, she said, I, for the life of me, will never understand why you people don't vote. And I think we have had such a, you know, everybody can still go to Home Depot. <laughs> you know, everybody <laughs> yeah. still feels like, you know, nothing is crazy hard. I mean, yeah, we have traffic, we have, you know, issues. But for the most part, people are, you know, okay and um i think because of that we've really reached a complacency i think there's incredible distrust in government Mm -hmm, which is mm -hmm. you know first of all rightly placed but then also fueled by a lot of disinformation as well and i think all of these things have really um gotten us to the point where our democracy is is at risk yeah
1: yeah Yeah, absolutely i i don't want to i want to make a transition from uh, but I'm about to, our oh. democracy is at risk to professional football, but, uh, but we're going to, we're going to make, <laughs> we're gonna make that, that transition care about
0: the second than the first. I oh yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, if I, I care most about democracy <laughs> and then football's pretty close. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, Heidi, I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, huge Cleveland Browns fan. They're in the midst of talking about a new stadium in Cleveland our social media manager for Vote Common Good is a guy named Britton, who is a Titans season ticket holder, absolutely loves the Titans. Um, you know, what do you, what do you, what do you do about the stadium in Nashville for the Titans? And, you know, kind of, you know, there's that specific issue, but, you know, we've talked about the relationship between the city government and state government. What's the relation this the stadium question becomes something that, you know, gets you the opportunity to talk about the relationship between the city government and, and private business. Um, and, you know, so, so so talk about kind of where you're at with uh, with the new stadium for the Titans.
2: So that. The stadium deal is more complicated. That's a central. you've identified a central point in this election, although I think it's phased out a little bit because it's it's been voted on in the council, and it's happening. So I mean, that's mm-hmm. so the next mayor's job isn't to relitigate that, but to make sure that we're getting the best possible deal for mm-hmm. Nashvilleans going forward. and um yeah and, and, but that having been said, it's being characterized as, hey, you know, all these people in Nashville are um, struggling right now, and you're kidding me. You're actually going to be putting money into a stadium? What about putting money into education and affordable housing and things that really matter to Nashvillians? Here's the deal. That's not what the option was. It wasn't as if the state, believe me, not as if the state of Tennessee said, hey, man, you know, here's um, half a billion dollars. You guys do whatever you want with it. (laughs) In debt, by the way, in debt. That having been said, it is a bad uh, look, obviously, when we have people being priced out to be focused on a stadium. Um, and I think that it's very important that affordable housing, it's, it's a whole East Bank project that's going to mm-hmm. include um, multimodal connectivity, a light rail to the airport, and um, all kinds of things that could significantly improve the quality of life for people in Nashville. Um, but we need to make sure that East Nashvilleians, the people who live there, are um, benefiting from it and that it's a value add to their quality of yeah. life and people need to understand that we had a really crappy initial stadium deal that it was really bad that basically put us in a situation where we either had to our deal was we either had to cough up hundreds of millions for deferred maintenance on the current stadium or here's this offer, and that hundreds of millions of deferred maintenance would have had to have come from either our budget or taxing Nashvillians. So it's a mm. very complicated situation that um, I I don't like the look of. You know, the whole entire thing that we're, you know, focused on a stadium right now when Nashvilleians are having a tough time. Um, but that having been said, I also don't think that um, complaining about things is the way to go. I think we have to be mm-hmm. positive and try and get the best possible deal we can for Nashvilleians going forward.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well said. Well said. Heidi, uh, folks around from around the, um, nashville is one of those national cities it's you know it, it's a city that people visit they travel to it's a city that has an impact on the whole country through the music industry so like it's one of those cities that that really matters it's not like you know say you know minneapolis or something like that it actually is a city that I'm just yeah. just taking <laughs> shots for no reason at all. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, it's a I mean, it's a city Fayetteville, that, but I think it was a good choice. To, to, yeah, to pick many uh,
1: of I, yeah. Uh, compared to Nashville, Fayetteville's a town. Um, so, it, it, Nash. I I say that to say that you know, no matter where folks live, or you know, who the mayor of Nashville is. I mean, it matters. You know, like elections have consequences. Like it, it matters who the mayor of Nashville is. So I, I say all this to say, like, hopefully, folks from around the country are like, oh, you know, this actually, like, this could make a difference in in people's lives. You know, I'd like to help out. How can people follow along the uh, the race in Nashville? Um, how can they? Uh, how can they donate? and and help you be successful in this race a super crowded race i i i'd love for you to talk a second about what it's like to run against 11 other people because like that's <laughs> that's a real like that's a crowded race but how can people connect with you how can they donate how can they they be a part of the team
2: well thank you for that question <laughs> um mm-hmm. vote is my website. And I also, I was the first candidate to uh, a few weeks ago, released a policy platform. I think if you're going to run for this seat, you sh- you, ha- you need to take the time. I wrote it myself. Um, I think you need to take the time to tell people what you plan to do. So that's mm-hmm. on there as well. But um, we Great. could use all the help we could get. I'm winning in some polls. In some polls, we're neck and neck. Um, either way, it's a horse race for sure. There are probably about five candidates um, for whom it's you know really viable. But um, but the twelve running against twelve has been interesting. I heard, um, I heard there was some town, I can't remember what it was, maybe in, maybe it was Seattle. I can't remember that there were a hundred people running. So, Oh my um,
1: goodness. Wow.
2: And a dog, apparently a dog.
1: <laughs> so a, how does it, is it just, do you have to, is it 50 plus one or do you, is it whoever just yeah. gets the highest right. percentage? Will there if, be a runoff it, or yeah,
0: yeah. is, it is this all happening in a primary? Tell us when the election is and you know, someone's right. asking, sure. yeah. a, a, a resident in Nashville is asking for a yard sign already. Hey, so yeah. People want to <laughs> Sign so up for us a yard
2: sign. sign. up for a yard sign on my website. Thank you. Great. Um yeah. yeah, and um, and also my my cell my cell phone number, I give it to everyone. Please reach out to me if you have any questions. It's six one five four three eight six three three eight. Um, and then um the other thing I'll say is um, you know, it is um Oh, you just asked me what, what was your question?
0: What, when, when is the, when, when is the election? Oh, when do people need, okay. The election so, is August
2: 4th. And so you have to have over 50% to win. So I'm sure there'll be and a then runoff. You, and
0: then you move on to another election, to the official yeah. election. Is
2: the top The two. top
0: two. And that's just mm-hmm. important for people to know. I, a lot of our core yeah. listeners kind of know this, but other people that might be tuning in, they don't actually know this happens a lot on these August elections. People are like, why is there an election today? And what are we doing? Mm-hmm. And it tends to then only bring out people who are really deeply in the know, right? Because yeah. other people are just like, why is there a vote here sign outside the elementary school today? What possible yeah. thing is happening? So right. many people don't know. So if people can share the, the updates on this, that August fourth, there's a primary. And these are non this is a nonpartisan position, yeah. right? The the, the mayor. Mm-hmm. So that's that's also important. It's not like you're just gonna get two people from two different parties and the parties will do the work. You as candidates really are forced right. to do this to yeah. do this work, right? Okay, so August fourth. August
2: fourth, is- and so early voting starts in um in twenty days. I think it's mm. July. I can't remember the fourteenth. I think,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, and um, and then there'll be a runoff. I'm sure, and that's mm-hmm. shortly thereafter um, in September. So it's going to be a quick a quick turnaround after after the yeah. um, the initial election. Okay,
0: so so uh, again, just so I have it right uh, for our work, August fourth, and then the top two people move on to an election in November. or Are you saying the actual September. election will be in September? So all yeah. of these are special election. This is a special election situation.
2: That's right. Yep.
0: Is that what's happening? Is the current mayor leaving? Pardon me for not knowing this, but no, is no, the current mayor leaving, and there needs to be a special election, or why is it? It's not it special
2: election. It's just a. Um, it's just an, uh, um, an election just for the council and the mayor. So it's just not in. in it's not in tandem huh. with federal or state elections. So we're also electing council members right now. I
0: see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. Well, look, if you have friends or family in Nashville, uh, folks, um, let them know that this is just actually going on. I bet you'll be surprised that people will be like, oh, yeah, I didn't know. I thought that was in November or something. You know, we spend a lot of time talking to people about the first Tuesday in November just as a culture. And then a bunch of elections happen uh, at a whole variety of other times that really have great consequences. So, Heidi, thank you for all of your service, for being a mayor, for being a state rep, for being a podcast guest and for uh, running for the mayor of Nashville.
2: Well, thank you guys. I love your show. It's so nice of you to to have me on this morning. And hi to all your listeners. And um, I, I really appreciate the opportunity.
0: Great, great. Well, we're going to stay on and banter for a while and talk about the nonsense that is the uh, current presidential political race. <laughs> so you're, you're welcome to hang around. We <laughs> should probably go do more important things and yep. let us, let us uh, cover all this. Heidi, thank you so, thank vote
1: you so much. Heidi Cam- vote HeidiCampbell.com, folks. That's where you need to go.
2: Thanks, Doug. Thanks, Rob.
1: Thanks. Thank you, Heidi. Yeah. She's great. She's, She's great. Tell you. Doug, just, we got just the we got people. breaking news. As you oh. were kind of winding up saying um, saying goodbye to Heidi, I clicked on Fox News just to see yes. what's going on. And what's uh, the Supreme, we've got a Supreme Court oh. ruling. Oh, this boy. is a big one. No oh, boy, Supreme Court ruled Tuesday that judges do have the power to override state legislators. When it comes to how federal elections are carried out,
0: <laughs> this is
1: fantastic news, folks. There we go. This is so, really,
0: really good news. So we will let's let's put together a deep dive on this for people. We'll put together a nerdy yeah. deep dive that we won't do today. But there was an argument made by the um, election denying forces in the Republican Party. I'll just shorten it to say by the Republican Party. That there's this thing about state legislatures based on the Constitution as being the final authority, not any other laws or rules. So at any point, their argument is if the state legislature just decides all those ballots, we're going to get rid of those and we're going to appoint someone. They have the power to do that. It's called the singular. mm, There's a phrase they use for it. Yes. It's it's like the. uh, Anyway, the Supreme Court uh, has, uh, blocked that apparently. So that is, um, that is, that is good, good news.
1: Yeah. This, this court, um, has had some surprising decisions. Um,
0: okay. All right.
1: Can I rant for a
0: second? The yeah, Supreme court talk, de- yeah. The Supreme court decides what cases it's going to take up. The Supreme mm-hmm. court decides, Hey, this is an issue that the appellate courts ruled on that federal courts have ruled on, but we think it needs another look, right? That's how anything gets to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court picks and chooses which cases they think are viable to come before them. The fact that they allowed this to get to the Supreme Court, I think is a real condemnation of the choice-making of the Supreme Court. This Hmm. never should have had a chance. This is such bonkery legal theory that... Uh, in my view, it's like that this has been has been decided, and the fact that they allowed it to get to this point and allowed all the pieces of all the apparatus of the of the Supreme Court to be in place, so yes, congratulations on them doing the right thing, but this wasn't a close call, and the Supreme Court is supposed to engage when it's a close constitutional call and uh, yeah. the, the even if it turns out to be you know nine to nothing that still is something that they felt like needed to have an argument yeah. uh, brought, brought to the highest level. The fact that they granted this, what, well, I don't remember the term that, that they use for
1: independent like, state legislature theory,
0: independent state legislature. Thank they, you. Yeah. It's coming through thank for you us. Yabbit's, once again, <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the viewers and listeners should be the hosts. Uh, yes. The, the independent state yeah. legislature theory, it, it, well, it's yes. been it's been it's been rejected by the very same Supreme Court that said we should get a look at this. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's it's like when well, you're that's, at the restaurant I, I, and you I, say, "Yeah, why don't you bring over the dessert menu?" Yeah, you're setting up to order dessert. Like when they do that, yeah, yeah why don't you bring those oral arguments uh, before the Supreme Court? Good golly, these folks.
1: Well, maybe there's. Um... You know, so Alex is asking a question, meaning a state can't throw out elector votes if they don't like who won. Exactly. That is exactly yeah, what this not is not
0: quite about. so simple yeah. as they didn't like yeah. who won. But if but they were to say... Basically, it's... It, it it's bas- what they tried the argument, to do, what the Trump wanted them yeah.
1: to do. The argument of the independent state legislature theory is that state legislators are the ones who choose who the electors are. And the idea is they can act independently. They don't have to follow the vote of like the, the will of the people, you know, as expressed through, through a vote that they could act independently. Now the Supreme court taking this up, I'm so glad they were like, I'm glad they did, I I hear what you're saying, but I'm glad they did. And I'm glad they made this ruling so. We can put to bed the ridiculous argument in 2024 of, you know, like, oh, you know, the art, you know, well, Arkansas is going to, the Michigan, you know, state legislature, whoever, you know, the Pennsylvania state legislature is going to, you know, send yeah. it. I'm okay. so glad well, we're do, do like, this think, just what, what takes those the, arguments off the What was the vote? Table.
0: Did they say, uh, do, you, do you see it in the headline? Uh, head it head
1: looks like, head? um, Based on the picture on the cover of on the front page of HuffPo, it it looks like it was six three, uh, okay. Robert Sotomayor, Kagan, um, oh my goodness, I just blanked on the new justice's name, um, and then and then beer guy and uh, Handmaid's Tale lady,
0: yeah, <laughs> that's funny. You should give theater, You should give movies movies to each one of them. Uh, Teach one of the Supreme Court. Uh, yeah. justice is well yeah. look yeah okay yeah. so true but let's just be reminded the fact in this country in the united states of america god save the queen we man we don't decide oh yeah the supreme court said therefore we've put it to bed oh no the supreme court said doesn't put it to bed yeah Th- that this is the whole point so what's going to now happen is a whole group of uh lawyers and 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 activists are going to rev up and they're going to keep pounding at this door like they did with roe versus wade like they did with affirmative action like you can say in this country the supreme court has ruled on it therefore it's settled Mm -hmm. we don't seem to settle certain things in this country there are root issues that we we refuse to allow to be settled and uh the the can that has been opened on this one uh, is, uh, is, is, is a real one. So, okay, are, are we all done? Is the country going to be done with it? No, but are we done with it now? And are we probably done with it for the next decade? Yes, but if you yeah. don't, it, it, you may not know that people are going to keep talking about the independent legislative theory, but they will, partly because this all roots back to the fake electors that Trump brought up. This is going to have something to do with uh, the... Court case that's going to come against Trump for interfering in the election, the fake electors that that that, that were put forward, the alternative set of electors, mm. because their argument all along was all we were doing was getting ready in case Congress didn't certify the electors that were put forward. We're now needing to have an alternative set of those because the state legislature has the power to pick any electors it wants to represent uh, this state for its its vote for the uh, for president mm-hmm. because by the way not to be a nerd and I know nobody cares about this but our electoral college system individual voters don't actually vote for yes. the president you vote for right. elect your total votes determine a set of electors who then re- go and vote for the president that's that thing that happens mm-hmm. in December when the electors all get together that was the thing Trump was trying to contest that those electors were invalid. So they, their argument is we were not trying to overrun the will of the people. We were trying to overrun the wrongly selected electors. So all of this stuff is rooted in that independent state legislature theory for why mm-hmm. when you talk to your Republican supporting and MAGA supporting friends who say they didn't try to overturn an election, they tried to make sure there were the right electors. That were there. And the rest of us are like, no, the electors need to represent the voters, not represent the legislature. And these folks are like, oh, Mm -hmm. "Oh, no, no, don't you know, it's the Constitution says that the legislature is the one that appoints the electors based on whatever they want. If they want to base it on the votes, they base it on the votes. If they want to base it on the people with the largest cows, they base it on the people (laughs) who own the largest cows, whatever they want. Their choice and judges can't come in and tell legislatures what to do. It's a separation of powers issues and yada, yada, yada. So these are the arguments, because if we think that the people who are arguing for Trump's overthrowing an election thing are just basically saying, yeah, we think you should overthrow the will of the people. That's not the argument they're making. That's what they want to do. But the argument they're making is based on this other stuff, which is this cockamamie theory of independent state legislature theory, which, yeah, is, is I was going to say Yabbits, but it's not Yabbits. Yabbits is honest about that, about it being bunk. It's uh, totally yeah. bunk. Yeah. So that's why when Rob says, wow, this really matters, because look, the Supreme Court rules on like 70 cases a year or something, isn't it? Some, some number like that, a whole bunch, that people don't care mm. about, right? But right. this week, this one was coming, affirmative action is coming, and another big one they think the Supreme Court yeah. is going to rule on, yep. a big one. Yeah. So but That's the- why this is a big deal in our current political situation yes and
1: there's been a couple of rulings already with you know the redistricting in alabama redistricting in louisiana that you know forcing state legislators to go back to the drawing board very literally in drawing the congressional maps like you know i was a sky is falling kind of person when it came to the supreme court and what i expected the decisions to be they have made a number of decisions. Mm-hmm. This, this term that have surprised me and, that. Uh, that are, that are, frankly are good for democracy. Yeah. Like, um, True you know, that. and w- it ways that in which, you know, you know, we talk about and Heidi mentioned in our conversation where we're like, we've got this sense of like, you know, democracy is in trouble and, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, I, my you know when my kids ask me oh dad what are you doing i i always joke i'm like well, i'm just just trying to save democracy that's all like there's like that's you know that's like like that, an old
0: woodworker in your basement trying to save that yeah, old rocking right. chair from the yeah, 1800s just, you know, just, doing just trying away. to just, just trying to save, save democracy, democracy. <laughs> um
1: and uh you know well, like thank that you for your work oh I, yeah thank you uh, for your stuff you're welcome. um you're welcome. these there have been Supreme court rulings, this, this session that have absolutely slowed the erosion of, of our democratic norms. And And
0: Kavanaugh has been a big part of a number of these. And it's Mm -hmm. a little surprising, frankly, not only based on his temperament that we saw in the (laughs) nomination process, but on his record, um, so yeah. there's, and I know the conservatives, the the mega movement, are really upset with Kavanaugh and with Roberts on a bunch of things because they wanted yeah. them to be, you know, Amy Comey Barrett kind of kind of cats, uh, and and it turns out that they're they're not on all of these issues, uh, on too many of them, I think they're on the wrong side and they're they're wrong about it. But other ones, it's it's a little surprising, and I'm sure there's going to be pundits right now, you know, running out to you know news cameras and saying like, little surprised here kind of thought yeah. that because they because they took this up that's why yes. people were were concerned they were like oh they're trying to really uh really solve for it but th- this is this is the kind of one that some of the nerds in the, in us will want to read uh what their yeah. what the actual arguments and statements were
1: doug have you watched the or have you listened to the uh the trump audio of him uh, that cnn got Um, Did
0: I listen? I've listened multiple times. Is it your ringtone now? (laughs) I paused it. (laughs) If you haven't, folks, if you haven't heard, this is the recording that the Justice Department found or was given that is talked about in the indictment and quoted in parts Mm -hmm. in the indictment. And this recording was somehow got in the hands of CNN and has been released. And first of all, it's crystal clear like recording-wise, uh, unlike other things that you've heard and where it's kind of muffling mm-hmm. around and it's a little hard to tell what's going on. Now, this is like a phone sitting in the middle of the table that they're all around and you can just hear every bit of it. And Trump just goes right in and just basically says, here's the document that shows that my case against Millie is right mm-hmm. and shows them something that he says are the battle mm-hmm. plans for a military movement against Iran if they're needed. And the thing, Rob, that gets me about it is he's like, and I didn't come up with this, they came up with this. That's what the Defense Department does, is comes up with, look, the Defense Department has plans for attacking Canada. They really do. The the Defense Department has a plan for military action against (laughs) every country in the world. So for Uh, Trump to be like, well, I didn't come up with it. They, they came because you asked them for plans for what could you do against Iran? And they're like, well, this is what you would do because you're the executive of the executive branch that has power over the, over the military. And then he's saying to them, like, you know, this really wins my case. So here's what I'm getting at. The guy is so petty that he's willing to share this level of secret documents with people who are writing a book to help his former chief of staff? And he's like, Hey, can we can we get this to them so they can put this in the book so they can show that it was General Milley who came up with the plan to attack Iraq, Iran, and not me? Of course they do. Nobody thinks the president like yes. So a couple of things. Yeah,
1: Donald's Donald. It's not a game of risk. You know like you're not like it's not you know your wizard wizardry and and yeah, right. your strategy. come on um the thing that amused me about the recording the most was how shocked donald was when he found those particular documents in the pile of documents he had because he okay, says so, so like,
0: recount for people what he says about how this comes out in the in the in the in yeah the, in so
1: the he tape, he in, says in you know they're they're talking about this milley situation where you know he and he's trying to you know to fight with general milley cuz he's he only hires the best people
0: because um, by the way general milley has been is on the record saying president trump when he was president asked for plans to attack iraq or iran yes yeah. And that started to of look really bad on Trump, and Trump is like, "I didn't come up with a plan to attack Iran." Yeah, they, they, yeah. They, that's what this is about: is that he's yep. some old grievance against his former, uh, uh, you know, head of his uh, of the, the military, uh, Secretary of Defense. Secre- yeah, was he Secretary of Defense at the time? I think he was something else. But anyway, All right. go on. Anyways,
1: so so Donald says to these reporters that are there or these authors that are there writing a book about Mark Meadows, he says to them, you know, they're kind of discussing this and he's, and you hear pages being flipped and suddenly he finds the plans to invade Iran and points out the fact that it's, you know, General Milley who came up with them again, because that's the job and that's, general milley didn't say that you created plans donald he said you asked for plans. Yeah, like yeah yeah anyway so anyways but then the thing that that donald seems so amazed about is that in this stack of documents that he has yeah as he's i don't know walking around bedminster golf club you know like there just so happens to be the very document that they're talking about.
0: Yeah. yeah. And he, he literally so, says, isn't it something you just in with all my other papers. There oh, was this it. too. And this thing yeah, was there. And the it's whole so interesting. deal for the argument. It shows against how cavalier yes. and disrespectful he is and with
1: something like, I don't know, a military plan to invade one of the most dangerous. Yes countries on the planet
0: yes this is like, like and i didn't this, you know this hey this just happened like, to be in here hey, Look, hey, really proves my point hey, listen
1: listen you might want to okay. see this i've got the, I, the military has a plan to invade jamaica i've and i've got it let me show it to you that would be no big deal right like like sure it might be some kind of violation but you laugh that off because it's jamaica right like yeah, there's no okay. serious There's no serious situation with Jamaica. We're talking about Iran. Come on. Like, that we have been in conflict with for 60 years now. Yeah. Like, come on. And he is completely cavalier that along with, you know, the receipt from, you know, dinner and you know, Baron's report card and a pair of golf pants, pants. Yeah. you know, along, along with all of that is the plans to invade one of our biggest enemies on yes. the planet.
0: That, that not not only is it a country that we have serious tension with and in our lifetimes have had military conflict with, it's a country that many Republicans have been saying we need to st- have military action against them that yeah. Israel is asking on a regular basis for the United States to use military force uh, against Iran. So you're, you're right. It's a super big deal. And then the cavalier nature by which he's like, isn't it cool? Isn't this, isn't this really cool? I mean, and then he even says in it, and this is why he's going to con he's going to uh, confess to, to these crimes because he literally says these are this is still classified and then says to his aide, do you think we can do something about that? Clearly, I'm speculating this, meaning can we declassify it some way so we can give this to the people writing this book so they can prove that I didn't come up with the plan to uh, to invade Iran? He's basically yes. trying to figure out how does he get it to them? And he says, well, I could have declassified it, but now I can't. Is there something we can do about this? All of this goes to the mindset. He knew it was classified, knows he yep. can't just give it away, but then also doesn't care. Like I, and Again, the thing that you want to say to yourself, to your loved ones, those who don't care, and your MAGA-supporting friends. Even if it was declassified, even if Donald Trump had said, I'm going to do something reckless and foolish, and before I leave office at 11.58 on the 20th of January, I'm going to declassify this document. It's now declassified. An an Iran battle plan. And then he chooses to show it to people? The problem isn't just that it's declassified or not. It's yes. that this is not the kind of thing that anyone who takes the power of the presidency and the power of the military and the ridiculous level of death that we can bring mm-hmm. seriously would be showing it to people just to win an argument that you're having with your former, you know, military advisors. It's just so wacky. I, it, it, is, it is shocking. And you know this. The federal government has that document. And you know that the federal government has deposed all the people that were in that room. And they are going to testify. I looked at that document when Donald Trump showed it to me. And I'm telling you, when he has his lawyers say to him, there is no defense for this. We can't make an argument that a jury is going to win. This guy is going to Hunter Biden confess on this deal. He's going to strike a deal because, as you alluded to very prophetically last week or maybe two weeks ago, there might be another indictment coming in New Jersey. And it will be this one showing secret military plans to people, not just having them, not just not giving them back, not just treating them like you put them in your bathroom, but literally showing them to people. So if there is a grand jury in the state of New Jersey where this crime was committed, he will likely be indicted yet again. Yep, It's just, yep. it's simply stunning, Rob. It is, yeah, it is it really something is. else. And I'm telling, I know people think that he's Teflon Don and he's never going to collapse, but there are going to be enough people coming around that are going to say he better find a way to cover himself yep. because, yep. okay, this, yeah. this notion that Donald Trump, if he's, I convicted wanna, of a crime can still win the presidency, and that like no, he can, the guy couldn't win the presidency when he was the president. He's not going to win the presidency when he's a felon. I yeah. mean, it's just. Hey,
1: I, mm, I want to. I want to get on the record right now. I want to tell okay. you who I think. And so, put this down. Mark this down. It is ten oh one Central Time, Tuesday, June twenty seventh, right now. I am naming. Who will be the Republican nominee for president in 2024? You ready? Okay.
0: Yeah. Who will be? Boy, I wish there was a drum roll or something. I have all these buttons I could push. Oh. Hang well, I won't do any of those. Okay. You go right ahead, Rob. There's your there's your background. Who, who will be the Republican nominee in 2024?
1: Glenn Youngkin. <laughs> I'm dead serious. <laughs> I am dead serious. The governor so that, of Virginia, the guy Glenn who's not Youngkin, running? yes, the, the guy who said,
0: the, I looked at it. I decided not to run. You think he's got a little, little side, little side? Uh, I, uh, I'm just. I'm putting on.
1: it down right now. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm laying down the bold prediction right okay. now at 10:01 a.m. Central on Tuesday, June 27th. That Glenn Youngkin will be the Republican nominee for president.
0: Well. Wow. Look, I, I, uh, okay, you, you could be right, but I just want you to know that Kimberly and Alex and Yabitz and Jim and Mike, they've all heard it, Rob. They're going to yep, remember I this know. day. Yep, um, yep. All right, do you, and do you think that the person he will be running against is Gavin Newsom? Is that also in the mix? Or you think it's going to be uh, Joseph Arbeid? I think I think it might be Gavin Newsom. Yeah, I thought <laughs> you were thinking uh, that. You're like, this is going to uh, be a Yonkin Newsom race and no one's <laughs> it's gonna, gonna be the race that nobody thinks it's coming doug both, before you, you we think finish both show. trump you think both trump and biden by next july a year from today yeah. will have dropped out and before yes. it'll be a fast nomination process and yep. the nomination process will happen quickly in august and we'll have a, an election that'll basically have a six or eight month uh you know kind of yep. run run well six months or less run window yeah okay can yep. i can i uh, just before we we finish up cuz it
1: feels like we're starting to wind down um i i'd like to uh I, I, every once in a while you know you you got to you got to read uh truth social right no um and uh, yeah, sure you do okay would you like to? Would you like to no. hear what the uh, <laughs> the former pres <laughs> what the former president posted
0: at Truth Social? Okay, I'm, I'm going to give you um, this analogy. Yesterday, I went to my dermatologist because I have these little pre-cancer yeah. things on my face. I don't know if you can see them. Yeah, but I, and, and they've been a bit of a uh, they've been showing up. And she pulled out this this nitrogen little, little freezer thing with a yeah. little trigger on the end, and she starts these spots. Had she said to me do you want me to spray your face with liquid nitrogen? <laughs> <laughs> the answer is no. I would have said no. But, have said no. Yeah. but me saying to her, but will you please, uh, was also true. So, no, I don't ever want to hear anything on Truth Social. But will you please tell us what yeah, is on so Truth, this Social, is, Truth Social? Yeah,
1: this is what the... Uh, the uh, twice impeached oh and we haven't even talked about republicans expunging the impeachments um oh
0: my gosh oh my good, god good anyway spend and, your energy uh, on that but yeah, look i know yeah, a lot that's of people spend time trying to do that about clinton too so that's that yep. is sort of yep. what you do you
1: know yep. here we go in all caps
0: in all caps this is the only user on true social this is this is donald and, j yes. trump the the, the indicted oh, yeah. the indicted uh twice, defendant
1: twice impeached Twice uh 37 indicted. time indicted. <laughs> yeah. Could somebody please explain to the deranged Trump hating Jack Smith, his family and his friends his that as president of the United States, I come under the presidential records act as affirmed by the Clinton socks case. Yeah. Not by this psychos fantasy of the never used before espionage act of 1917 now Smith when did he in quotes write that? when did he write Smith um, this morning Smith in quotes Smith should be looking at crooked Joe Bidden and all of the crimes that he has perpetrated he on the American yes on the American public including the millions and millions of dollars he extorted from foreign countries wow yeah crooked I mean, Joe Biden this is the
0: times Smith the in
1: quotes Smith in quotes why no, is who, Smith in
0: quotes who who is it's running. the man's last name why is it in quotes I love your grammar I love your grammar critique that is just, not the proper use of a quote look at that semicolon why it, you don't it doesn't use make a se- any sense and make a new sentence man i understand spelling
1: biden wrong throwing in an extra d i not no, really but no. I, no I i don't but <laughs> why did he put smith in quotes it's the man's last name
0: i guess everybody everybody has the thing they're about the thing they're bothered by. <laughs> it's like a, <laughs> uh it's like a grab bag of nonsense and, you know, he just truly, these are the arguments that my friends that are yeah. hardcore Trumpers make all the time. The yep. Sox case and yep. uh, Judge Jackson ruling on the Clinton Sox. Ca- this is all the talking points. Yep. So I know to a lot of us, all that stuff is nonsense. And like, it's like, it's like having, you know, nitrogen shot at your face. You don't want to have to deal with it. But this is the argue. These are the arguments yeah. that the Trump yep. people are making. So if you have Trump family members or people, this is what they're saying. Records act socks case was already ruled on. And it's just, if, if this is truly Donald Trump's defense and his defense is trouble, Oh, you know what? Maybe the special prosecutor and the current justice department didn't know that there was a case where a circuit court judge made a ruling about document or about things that could be kept in a sock drawer by a president. That's why I could have like, if that's truly his argument, he may he's not, he may not plead guilty because he's such a fool. He truly yeah. might not know, Rob, that this is how, how bad this is. I, I go back and forth between, <laughs> of course he knows, and this is all just political. Yeah. It's a ruse, r- r- you know, wrestling, yeah. uh, genre theater, but I don't know. He might, yeah. he might move back and forth. In his, you know, sort of depressed kind of grieving state of, you know, with this hoarder condition of just really, truly believing that because one lawyer told him one time that the Presidential Records Act means you get to, when the Presidential Records Act says just the opposite, that (laughs) everything that a president creates is the property of the government and has to be returned. and a it's such a told bizarre wrong, thing because he heard wrong, and he's just latched onto it. It's literally,
1: it is literally the exact opposite of what it's he says. Friday.
0: Yeah, it's the opposite. It's bizarre. It's opposite bizarre. Friday day. I mean, it's, there's
1: there's so many. I, mean, I really loved our conversation with Heidi Campbell, but there are so many things to talk about. From like, Vladimir Putin has lost control in Russia. Like, and what yeah. was that all about? What was and, that all about? And you know, sometimes you know, we talked a bit about succession on this sh- on this show, where you you know you you watch a television show and there's like there's nobody to root for, right? Like you're you're watching the drama play out, but you're not really rooting for anybody because yeah, yeah. as opposed to when you watch Ted Lasso and yeah. all you do is root for Ted Lasso. You know, like no nobody's rooting nobody who's watching the show is rooting against Ted Lasso. You watch this play out in Russia and it's just like Yeah, the opposite. What 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 is happening here? And I'm pretty sure I don't want any of these people to win. Like this is this is bad. I mean, so there's that to talk about. There is I mean, Doug, we had a new word added to our vocabulary this week. We did, yes. Submersible. Submersibles. I mean, I mean. Now, I know that the word submersible was around it before. Around? <laughs> I
0: was gonna say. I thought. I thought. I understand made up, made up that on, like, you know, tricycle.
1: like talking about a word, like you know, that talking about something being able to be submerged. Uh huh. You know, you describe that as submersible but as a noun, and I'm a guy who likes to, uh, you know, change the, uh verb you know, change the, things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, yeah. Uh-huh. Adulting. Uh, adulting. Efforting is my favorite efforting. as Doug knows. Yeah. I, I sometimes will projects that I'm working on. I'll text Doug and say, Oh, I'm, I'm efforting that. I'm efforting and, on that. And it, it clearly annoys him, which makes me laugh too. Um, submersibles as a category of, uh-huh. of like, what what, is the difference between a submersible and a submarine yeah because initially Hmm. initially there was like oh this is a submarine and then they figured out oh this is being you know this is being controlled by a joystick for a video game um it doesn't
0: have
1: (laughs) like let's go down to the bottom of the ocean
0: some some technical difference between a submarine and And a a submersible submersible, uh vehicle it's just it's. Doug, I, of all of this if
1: I'm sorry, I I know my silences don't make great radio, but
0: <laughs> it's the uh it's the let it breathe moment. It's the it's the pregnant pause.
1: Doug, if someone yes. said, Hey, we're gonna go down in a in a submersible craft mm-hmm. to the Titanic wreckage. Mm-hmm. What would your immediate assumption be? This would be an opportunity for you to say no, 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 Say you were going to go. What would, what would it be? You're going to go down in a craft to the, to, to, to the Titanic wreckage. Um, What are you going to be able to do? See
0: the Titanic? See it. (laughs) See it. Yeah. The submersible had no windows. Oh, it had a big front window. The whole front cone is a window.
1: Mm, I don't think so.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there aren't side okay, windows well. like in a submarine. This unique design had a big front cone. Okay. Okay. Well,
1: yeah. Then I will then I'll think they're ridiculous. I, as as we reasons.
0: all know, submersibles tend to do the submersibles, you know, have a front <laughs> windshield. <laughs> as opposed oh, of to a, as opposed to side windows, little you know, little bunks. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, they didn't get to see it. And look, that, that thing you're referring to was super tragic. And the other deal about all this was remember when they were saying like they heard banging or they thought it was maybe pinging and all of us were like, Hey, these people are going to suffocate down there. Turns out that that vehicle yeah. had a rapid unexpected disassembly. Yeah in a flash of a second because it was a design flaw and the Navy heard it and everything else. And it just, just a tragic story. And I know people are, you know, griping like, I'm sorry. Can we just,
1: can we just, can we just highlight for a second rapid, unexpected, Disassembly. disassembly yeah
0: yeah that's yeah i feel something. like
1: i'm podcasting with donald rumsfeld right that's, now
0: that's how the the twitter bully elon musk described the blowing up of the space yes eggs. they you know yes. they had a, had a <laughs> rapid unexpected disassembly <laughs> so uh this this one did this one did too and i know people mm. complain a lot about billionaires shouldn't be spending their money and on, on this kind of stuff it's actually super important in almost every adventuring technologies that we've created ships and and land uh walking and climbing and has been done by super wealthy people for thousands of Mm -hmm. years this is actually how it goes and it's really quite a tragedy that the ceo of this company was arrogant as he was and allowed this to happen and for this thing to blow up or not blow up but pressure explode and disassemble uh and it killed all those people and and they People wouldn't go down with him who knew, who knew it. They just said like, this thing is not safe. It is its design has, has small little micro cracks in it. It will not withstand that kind of pressure. And he's like, and they said regulations, federal regulations, it doesn't meet them. And he said, this doesn't have to meet federal regulations because it's a private craft and we're not selling it. They're like, that's not the point. The point is the regulations are right. And he was an anti-regulation guy and he's like, I don't buy it. And, so there's a, so much tragedy to all of yeah. this, all of this story. It's just, it's just really, I don't know. I think it's quite, yeah, quite, heart, quite heartbreaking. But what is not heartbreaking is the fact that, uh, um, oh, uh, okay, Alex, maybe she has the right word. Maybe it's maybe it imploded, as opposed to exploded. I don't know. It came apart. Uh, they say in a, it in disassembled. That. And it's and it and it's super sad. And, you know, all, all, all of that. And all, as you say, all of this lays together in this same kind of window of time. And I, I've reflected on this a lot, that growing up in the late 60s, being born in 66, so my early childhood in the 60s, and then rem- looking back on that in from the 70s, it felt like that period of time when I was a child was full of political, social, cultural, uh, uh, uh advancements in some technology like there was a people flew to the freaking moon and land like there was stuff going on at that period of time you know (laughs) if you didn't get if you're not watching this live right now I said people flew to the moon and Rob just tilts his head (laughs) a little bit to the side like well yeah you know they say they say people flew to the moon um all that stuff was going on and I remember thinking in my teenage years you know in the 80s and and so on, like wow I wonder what it was like to live in a time with that kind of well, here we go, friends, yeah. family, and 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 lovers. We it. are we are in the middle of it right now, and it is uh, it's it's wild. It, it is Doug. totally totally wild. The former president of the United States will be convicted of federal crimes, Doug, from before he was president, while he was president, and some for after he was president. Oh, so great! It's that he I is mean. a literal. Outlaw.
1: Eter- he's a he's an eternal criminal. Uh, eternal. The criminal. same yesterday, today, and forever. <laughs> uh, Doug, we. I mean, the Supreme Court ruled that students at the at the Ohio State University mm-hmm. who also wrestled for their team uh, wrestled for their university can move forward with suing the university over, um, alleged assault and molestation by a doctor at the university that happened with full knowledge of the coaching staff of the university, which included at the time now, Congressman Jim Jordan. I mean, did you see this ruling yesterday? I didn't see that. No, no, did No. The case can go forward. Yeah. So what the Supreme Court ruled is that the case can go forward, which means Jim Jordan is in a lot of trouble. I mean, when you think about, think about the Joe Paterno situation, at Penn state, you think about Gregory Nasser, who was so, the, so give, um,
0: give people the background on this who don't know the Jim Jordan before. Yeah. So Jim Jordan jacket wearing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the supporting Congressman from Ohio.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He is, he was, um, but you know, before he was a Congressman early in his career, he was an assistant wrestling coach at the Ohio, the Ohio state university. And while he was there, um, there were students who had been allegedly molested and assaulted by a team doctor. They apparently made um, reports about this and accusations, and mm-hmm. there were cover-ups and ignoring and everything that happened. You know, with Jerry Sandusky, as Yavitz points out, it at Penn State. And you remember Joe Paterno, yep. you know, knew about it. He had been told about it. And, you know, they took his statue down. And one of the winningest coaches in college football history, you know, was disgraced, not because of what he did, but because of what he didn't do with knowledge of what was happening. Jim Jordan apparently had knowledge of what was happening. Yeah that's, that, did that's the
0: claim that's the claim of the people who were assaulted and, and victimized by this by this abuser that they turned it over including to Jim Jordan and he didn't act on it and now you're saying yeah. that case that and yeah that Jim Jordan is Jim, jo- so Jim Jordan is going to be d- deposed Jim Jordan about this.
1: is yeah he is named as a defendant in some of so there's there's several there's several kind of versions of the case. Several different wrestlers were were allegedly uh, abused, and they've brought different cases. There are some of those that he is, that Jim Jordan is named as one of the defendants along with the Ohio State University. So, yeah. I mean, it, this is this is big news for one of the uh, most influential people in Congress and one of Donald Trump's biggest supporters.
0: Yeah and and also a cultural reminder of how many of our institutions do not protect people from sexual yes. predators yes it's, it is clear in churches in schools in sports teams at the high level of elite mm-hmm. level of attention all the way down to you know small places it is a real problem and as a society we do not do the right things in responding to these circumstances. It is so often covered up or left alone, and it is a real problem. And to the people who are victimized in these ways, um, and truly, it, you, you just start to, when you put the whole gambit together, and you're like, it's, it's just the sports uh, uh, yeah. circumstances that we know about. It's men, it's women, it's girls, it, it just, it, it's young boys, it's, it's college-aged men. College-age wrestlers at an elite school are being sexually molested. Yeah. Just stop there. That's happening. And that's happening places now. It is happening. It gets reported, it gets turned over, and people don't do anything about it. In fact, you, you turned us on to watching this show, uh, Shiny Happy People, this documentary. About yeah. his family in Northern Arkansas, called the Duggars. And in that documentary, which is also about the fundamentalist movement of Gothard and so on, and turns out a bunch of people in my life that are part of Solomon's Porch World, the church that I pastored for 20 mm-hmm. years, that were part of that thing, are all like, oh, yeah, that's the world I grew up in. Like, I, yeah, totally. My, I went to homeschool and I'm like, really? Yeah. Like, I knew you. Yeah. You're, it's, it's, it's around. And a bunch of these people, yes, that I know. We, we needed, we should probably do a whole, Whole podcast yes. series on that. Let's let's do that. Yes. But in that they talk about how one of the boys was was sexually abusing his sisters. And the parents chose to turn him over to a state trooper that the that the dad of the boy who was doing the molesting and the dad of the girls who were victims knew. So it brought him to that guy. That guy didn't do anything about it. And then years later, a few years later, that very state trooper was arrested for child sexual molestation. Yep. So the whole of fundamentalist conservative Christians and people who are out claiming that they want to protect children from the pedophiles that are the Democratic Party. So this stuff just goes on all across the board. And if you hear people saying things like, why would they be bringing up pedophiles with the Democrats? It's because so many people have been sexually hurt and harmed. And they are all confused about where this stuff comes from. And it's so rampant in our society. And there's this blaming going on in all kinds of directions and not enough organizations, institutions, individuals and families looking at their own situation and dealing with it in appropriate ways. And we, we we're not good at it from the literally from the Amish through the Catholics to the Baptists to the sports teams yes. To the Boy Scouts. Just like yep. where is it not happening? What like what sector of society? there are none and when jim jordan then leaves that position of authority and now wants to sit in the united states congress and there were former congress people who are in jail for sexual uh, denny hassert the speaker of the house
1: from also uh, was he from ohio or indiana Mm -hmm. i i think he
0: might have been from texas okay i don't know to double down on Ohio, but it's right. a. If it's only a, we had some way to un- know these things. Where, where, where would you look up some old information like that? I don't know. Yeah. but where would you look? Yeah. Look, the, but this is, so Jim Jordan needs to be clearly looked at needs, Illinois. held accountable for what he did not do and all that. And it needs to remind all the rest of us that there are vulnerable people, not yes. just vulnerable kids, not just vulnerable girls, vulnerable people that are being big
1: muscular guys
0: all over, all over our, yes that you would say something like well it's only because of because of physical strength and power and no it's it's a lot yeah apparently yeah. hazard is from illinois thank you adam for yep. that um yep we appreciate i was sure close that with indiana in. right yeah well if if geography was, the thing. <laughs> I mean, Indiana is yeah. closer to Illinois than Texas and it starts is. with an I. and it starts with uh, an yeah. I. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Uh, if, that's if, right. If, if yeah. You, I mean, there's, Oh yeah. Indiana, I, Illinois. Yeah. That I just, uh, yeah. My, I, Yeah, my two I states, uh, messed up on I-90. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, well look, th- there's, there's always no end to what we could talk about and yes. we've been going at it for an hour and 22 minutes today. Yeah. Um,
1: folks need to head problem. over to, to we have vote
0: at least Heidi two special two special, uh, Two special uh, podcasts that we've set up. I can't remember the first Yo. one, but one of them is on, oh, one of them is Shiny, happy people. Yeah. Yeah. One of them is in that fundamentalist yeah. movement and the other one is on. Yep. Uh, yeah. yeah. And for
1: uh, yes. Looking, I would absolutely know, like to help make that happen. Uh, folks need to head over to uh, to voteheidicampbell.com and uh, and get on board with her, uh, with her campaign.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. Really do that. If you're watching, yep. uh, vote Heidi, H-E-I-D-I, real fun spelling of a name. Uh, I've always thought the name Heidi was just a great, just a great name. H-E-I-D-I. Like you say, how do you spell it? H-E-I-D-I. Vote Heidi Campbell. HeidiCampbell.com. And, uh, you know, let her know uh, that you listen. Let her know that you care. We appreciate you listening. We we appreciate that you care. And, uh, hey, tomorrow, Rob, we're going to air a, have an episode here. That's my conversation with the executive director of an organization called moveon.org. Oh, fantastic. Rana Epting uh, will be the guest here. And uh, Rana is fantastic. So if you're a fan of move on or have never heard of move on, or if you don't care for move on any which way, you're going to love this, this podcast. So at uh, 10 o'clock central time, 10 central, we're going to put this out partly because we need to get it out in an email so that people can say, anyway, a little bit later. So Kimberly, Looking for you on that one, uh, Kimberly. Uh, 10 a.m. Central Time. I know that's still bright and early for you, Jim, and the people on the West Coast. But uh, with uh, Executive Director MoveOn.org. Okay, so now Alex is asking a question. See, Alex, Alex is figuring this out. Alex is saying, "Is it live or is it recorded?" All right. Thanks, Alex, for you know busting us on this one. It's both. We're going to put it on live and I'm going to monitor comments and pop up your comments on there like I'm doing now, you know, like putting Kimberly's up there, putting yours up there. But I did record the conversation a day ago because of some timing things we needed to do. So yes, it's going to be a live stream. Yes. I am talking in live time with Rana. Yes, you will be commenting live, but it will have been recorded. And then I'll pop on at the end. And say stuff at the end and maybe we can chat about it. Are you it. So gonna anyway. wear the same
1: shirt? Are you gonna wear the same shirt? No, so people, I, I actually
0: uh... choose not to. Um, I do tend to wear my shirts too many days in a row. So I may have worn this shirt, I can't remember. Uh, but I, I often be like, Okay, look, here's what's going on. I try not to trick people yeah. <laughs> into yeah. like, you know, hey, this is I, I sort of give give a little explainer. So Alex, I hope that doesn't keep you away. Uh, from from live, from live streaming and chatting. And I'll tell you why we do that, friends, if, if you want to know why. And it actually doesn't serve us well. On YouTube, it's better if we just post it as a video, truthfully. The way the this categorizing on YouTube goes between the live tab and the videos tab, it would be better if we did it there. Um, but you get a different algorithm and an announcement that pops up uh, on all the other social streams, including YouTube. It says, so, you know, Vocom and Good is now live. So when that happens, or we also do this in our partnership with the with the Christian Left, Christian Left is now live, and so that's partly why we uh, do that. But sometimes we we just are in a t- situation where we can't can't do the do the podcast yeah. at the, in the live format, or we want to. So anyway, that's all that goes on. That's that's the deep backstories to all this. So anybody that's you know, I'm thinking anybody that's an hour and twenty six minutes into this, you know, who cares yeah. a little bit about the back, cares a little bit about the back story. <laughs> If you don't care right. about the backstory and you're still listening and we appreciate that you are, uh, well, wow. Sorry about that. I thought, thought you'd care. Yeah. All right. Are we good? We're good. Okay. Uh, all right. Thanks all. Thank you to Heidi Campbell and, uh, we'll, uh, talk to you in sort of a variety of ways tomorrow.